Hi everyone, and welcome to Insert Sound, a podcast focused on the recording of sounds and the thoughts and ideas around it. I'm your host, Svavar Jonathanson. Since I began recording sounds, somewhere around the year 2010, I've often made an effort to record what some might feel is the ultimate sound explosion. Sound symphony, sound extravaganza, sound attack, the grand finale of a year in sound. I'm referring to New Year's Eve in Iceland. But before I build up excitement and risk disappointing, I should say that this episode of Insert Sound is not based on any recording done on New Year's Eve. Sorry. What we have in store is a better late-than-never approach, using the bombing of January 6th, 2020, a day known as Threttantin, or the 13th, referring to the 13th day of Christmas, and the formal end of it as well. Now, my files say January 5th, which is Sunday, meaning I'm cheating my listeners out of the sound of New Year's Eve as well as the 13th, a harsh reminder of the need to make notes on your recordings, a lesson learned. But nonetheless, we have some explosions to go through. Insert sound. The weather was good for the use of a thousand-year-old invention, so intertwined with the development of warfare that it's scary to think we celebrate in such a fashion, singing bombs in the air on 4th of July in the States. Whatever the societies of the future might think of burning money and powder, polluting and scaring animals in an effort to celebrate major events, my aim was simply to get a good recording of it. So, I positioned the Rode NT4 stereo mic inside a blimp with a windjammer, also known as a dead cat, on my low and heavy mic stand out on the balcony of my fourth floor apartment facing southwest. As the fireworks came at random, unlike the 11.45 p.m. to 12.45 a.m. madness of New Year's Eve, I opted for comfort and sat inside with the sound device's MixPre 6 recorder and headphones overlooking the city, so as not to drag this out too much. With more than an hour of recordings from that evening, we shall limit ourselves to the capturing of sounds close enough to be considered usable in some application. As this podcast is based around a process of learning, understanding and developing as a sound recordist, let me outline what I think would be the best way to get those sounds. Instead of trusting the randomness of explosions on such an evening, I would contact the Icelandic Rescue Services, Landsbjörg, a volunteer-based organization that's been saving Icelanders, local and foreign fishermen, and more recently tourists, for free since 1928. The funding of this organization, with over 10,000 volunteers, is based near solely on selling fireworks the week before New Year's Eve, which in Iceland is called Old Year's Eve. I would first ask if they do any testing of fireworks leading up to New Year's Eve. If so, could I be present and record? Assuming they choose good conditions, no wind, clear sky, out of the city, our goals would be mutual. Now, what's in it for them? Perhaps they wouldn't even ask, given their self-sacrifice of time and resources, with thousands of volunteers dropping everything they're doing, any time of day or night, any time of year, to go searching for lost persons or avalanche victims, help communities in case of flooding, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, save animals, close roads, rescue people from highland mountain passes, and the list goes on. But to not just be a taker, I'd offer them a certain amount of high-quality audio explosions. Next step 
would be to make sure my location is far enough away from the people lighting the fuse or watching, likely making noise, comments or observations. But that would mean I'd miss the sound of the fuse burning and the rocket shooting up. So I'd have to evaluate whether I could realistically get the silence to record at the launch site. Secondly, my choice of microphone, hmm, as of now, would be so limited that I could not take the job, to be honest. The Rode NT4, wonderful for a wide stereo image, lacks the focusing needed, I think, though could be a good addition to a more complicated soundscape. Perhaps a shotgun mic. I can hear thousands of experienced minds clicking into action, eliminating hundreds of mics, like a computer process countdown, until they scream, not in unison, what their choice of mic or mics for this assignment would be. Perhaps when insert sound starts gaining an inkling of a following, we can make some sort of a platform for sharing such insights, but for now, I keep looking through the window, waiting, with no explosions close enough. The safe bet would be to just keep recording an hour, two hours, and then go over the file looking for the peaks. But instead, I recorded shorter bits and mostly waited with my finger on the trigger, the rec button, missing the first second of a standing flare. It sprayed into the air, perhaps two meters from the ground, at a playground nearby. This was part of the concept, as I know fully well that it risks the capturing of the best audio. As sound travels at 343 meters a second, I should manage to hit record before the explosion arrives, as long as my attention is kept on the scene in front of me. And what a strange scene. Far from the madness of New Year's Eve in Reykjavik, where the whole horizon looks like a war zone, perhaps the madness of the Dresden bombing in World War II, when Allied forces committed unspeakable cruelty upon a defenseless city, it was still a very active scene. But Iceland seldom experienced bombing attacks on land. Aside from a few long-range German fighter planes arriving from occupied Norway, barely reaching the East Fjords, Iceland suffered few bomb attacks in World War II on land. In 1942, a German bomber plane did reach the small town of Seydisfjordur in the East Fjords. Then, as well as now, the village was known for its respect of culture and art, though warfare has made its mark on the village as well. On the afternoon of September 5th, 1942, four boys were playing in a rowboat lying on the beach, while British and American warships docked in the long and narrow fjord. Suddenly, a lone German bomber plane is seen high in the sky, dropping fast towards the Allied ships. But the pilot was off target. First bomb landed in the ocean. The second one, so close to the boys that everything went black. A leg lost, shrapnel, and trauma that led to a terror of airplanes for years to come. But they all survived. 75 years later, one of them says he has no ill will towards the German pilot who escaped. Two years later, the Germans attacked the oil ship El Grillo in the same fjord, which regularly leading to oil reaching the surface from the tanks that were never properly emptied. 
It was on sea that most Icelandic casualties from World War II bombing happened, with dozens of passenger, freight, and fishing ships lost. In total, it is thought that 130 Icelanders died as a result of German airplane and submarine attacks at sea, the latter being a unique and separate story. Back in my apartment, I'm still waiting for the bombing to get closer, the seriousness of bombing in war a distant reality. I move the microphone closer to the metal handrail on the balcony in the attempt to get closer. Coming back to the sound recording lesson of this, I now realize that perhaps the hollow balcony could actually have acted as an interesting factor influencing the sound. I'm not sure of the positioning of the stereo mic for that, but I moved 50 centimeters closer to a sound source that was coming from hundreds of meters away, if not a kilometer. And I waited wondering if there was some sort of system by which different neighborhoods had different time slots that I was suddenly unaware of. And then suddenly, explosions were closer. How sheltered we are, and safe here. I'm not saying that Iceland is the sole user of fireworks a celebration, but it is by far one of the most avid users per capita, and with very little restrictions around New Year's Eve. Add one of the richest nations into that mix, and you have chaos and joy through explosions without any symbolic link to warfare. There is no army, so no traumatized soldiers with PTSD, but there are refugees from Afghanistan, Syria, and the Balkans, where these same sounds meant death. Here it means a few hours of acting like a lunatic combat unit, with the sky as the target, aiming to make the biggest bang, so as to manifest the biggest hope for the new year. Always better, always brighter, always happier, healthier. After that, and a night of drinking for some, a month-long season for children to rummage around, picking up rocket sticks and garbage, which tends to sit around for months all around town. And of course, it's a chance for children and teenagers to make bombs, homemade bombs, using powder from various legal fireworks by a variety of methods. Now, not wanting to be a bad influence, but let's call this history recollections or even anthropological insights to the behavior of local youths, which in my youth used electrical tape to tightly wrap around fireworks, multiplying the explosion and its subsequent noise. Noise decibels, sound waves, explosions, fireworks, rockets, bombs, drones, warfare, terrorism, religion, money, humans. Sounds create ideas, at least in my case, and in this case, waiting for an explosion close enough gave ample chance to ponder. And they were getting closer, until finally, they were as close as I needed, shooting up from gardens and sidewalks all around. Can you hear the reverb? from the balcony wall. Or is that just my imagination? The Rode NT4 stereo mic has an XY configuration, meaning two little mono mics stick out at angles that kind of makes an X. 
each with a cardioid polar pattern, meaning it takes sound from the front and sides, but rejects sound from the back. But really, there has to be some effect to that sound bouncing off the walls. Which brings me back to the question of how best to record fireworks, individually, as if recording for stock sounds or effects for a movie. The most important thing, I think, would be to have one firework at a time. No wind, open space with less risk of sound reverberating, quiet on set, mics on stable stands, pointing up to the sky, begin recording well in advance, and make sure the sound has a chance to die out before anyone makes a sound. Another possible use came to my mind, relating to an idea of a computer game I once had, where I imagined the player to choose locations and then orchestrate a fireworks show. With today's technology, you could make it interactive, competing online with viewers scoring each show. You could earn points to buy more fireworks for your next show, or as capitalism would have it, buy points. This could then develop into the digitization of fireworks, which could then be projected into the sky over cities in the future, where masters of ceremony would conduct the show digitally, a visual and musical event, like a DJ. Massive speakers would hang from drones, blasting out the sounds recorded by yours truly, sometime around 2020 in Iceland, let's say 45 years earlier. In any event, this event was over. Xmas gone, a new year ahead, with unprecedented storms, earthquakes, mass layoffs, airline bankruptcy, strikes, and finally the global meltdown with the coronavirus. And that's only the first four months of the year. 2020 exploding in our faces. That's it for Insert Sound. If you'd like to hear a compilation of pure recordings from this episode, meaning minus me talking, head on over to www.insertsound.net. Me Talking was me, your host, Svavari Antonsson, who thanks you for listening. Take care. <laughs>